Hello and welcome to Axlander, a podcast about and for all of you who have left their home to find a new one abroad. In this episode, I'm talking to a truly amazing international expat. Jennifer, or also called Jane, relocated from the US to Czechia and settled in Prague just around the time I left that city for Switzerland. She shares her love for Prague with the world on her YouTube channel called Dream Prague, and I'm so honored and glad to welcome her on my podcast. So enjoy and listen in wherever and whenever you're listening to Axlander to find out whether that dream has really come true for her. How does one end up from sunny California in Prague, first of all, and yeah, what brought you there and how do you like it? How are you How are you feeling about that whole expat experience and perhaps how long you've been living in Prague then so far? Yeah, over to you, Jennifer. <laughs> sure. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate this chance to speak to people about my experience. It's great. Um, I have been in Prague with my husband for almost nine years. Um, we are from California, as you said, and we lived in Asia, in Japan, for a few years. Okay. And that was a really fun um, expat experience as well. That was because of work. And then we moved back to the United States, and we, we kind of thought, wow, there's so much out there. It, it just seems like life back in your own country just wasn't as challenging. You, you, you take everything as an annoyance, like a long line at a, a grocery store or, you know, just, just things that you interact with every day. There's nothing that interesting about them. You've experienced them all. There's nothing different. All right. And what we really loved about Japan, what we really loved about Japan was that everything was a challenge. Everything was interesting. Every interaction, we would come home and tell each other, like, I think the Japanese people want this, or I think they like it when you do this, or I think we should, we should, um, you know, use two hands to accept money because I see them doing that. And, and so it was like, even the most mundane of things was something new every day. So we really, really enjoyed that life, that, that new experience. And when we returned home, we thought, you know, we might never have the chance to live in Europe, and we really wanted to do that. We've always kind of wanted to do that. I think a lot of Americans do. And so we were just at a place with both of our, with both of our jobs that we thought, this is the opportunity to go. And we really just decided on, on Prague, on Czechia, in one night. My husband had been here once before for three days in 1999, and he really loved it. All right. <laughs> He was fresh out of university, mm -hmm. and, and I, I knew he'd always spoken highly of it, but I went online to sort of see how, to, see how one moves to Europe, and the first place that, that, the first websites that were coming up were teaching English, and specifically in Prague. This just seemed like a way to come, a way to, to, to find a job, though that wasn't our profession, teaching, but it seems like an easy access to get here. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the internet kept feeding us places in Prague to teach English. This was the hot spot for that. And so that's, we made the decision in one night, bought a ticket, and a few months later, I was here. 
Great. And it's been then, you said, nine years, right? Almost nine years, yeah. So something, something obviously has to sort of still keep you there. So what is it that you, that you haven't packed your bags and <laughs> left for California, <laughs> if I might be that nosy? Yeah, well, I've ne knock on wood, I've never one day felt like this was a bad decision moving here. Um, there are times where I think like, okay, well, there's many other places in the world to live. And as we are lucky enough to travel around Europe, you know, I think, oh, maybe, maybe Amsterdam, maybe Luxembourg, you know, these places could be really fun. But as soon as I come home, I realize home to Prague, I think, oh, no, we made the right decision. All right. So it, it just happens to suit us. I don't know if it's our attitude about about it, or if it really is just a perfect match. I don't know. Okay, so you would actually call it home, right? I mean, this is what I understand from what you said. Is that your yeah, second we do. home? We do. Mm -hmm. exactly. Great. Oh, that's really lovely. Um, so whatever that is that makes you sort of stay in Prague and whatever that is that makes your heart fond of certain things, could you actually describe it? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're also going to look into some things that might, uh, might be also bugging you and that are not that great because that's, you know, part of the deal. Yeah. But yeah, what, what is it mm -hmm. specifically? Because the language, I can imagine, and you speak very, very good Czech. I mean, I'm amazed oh, <laughs> by sweet. that. Thank you. It's very, very good. And it is, I admire absolutely every foreigner, you know, who is able to master that language because it's a very complex, hard language. But then, yeah, what is it that it still, still sort of keeps you there? Mm -hmm. Well, definitely for the first few years, there was just a sense of awe when you walk outside. Like, can you believe that we are lucky enough to live in this beautiful place. Mm -hmm. And my experience with Czechs at the beginning was very, very positive because I was their teacher, so I taught English for the first five years. And I was their teacher, and so the Czechs that I encountered were incredibly enthusiastic to learn English. They, they, were, they were curious about Americans, they were curious about foreigners, and so every single Czech I interacted with was, was great. Mm. And then as you start to become more part of the culture, you realize that's not how everybody is. Those are just a select group of people who are trying to learn more about your culture. Um, right. But by that time, we already had gotten kind of used to it. I'd become a little bit more Czech in certain ways. Like, I understood people kind of... Um, how do I express, like the, 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 the woman at the, at the post office or at the Urzad not caring if I'm smiling okay. or not. Like, I, I started <laughs> to understand that more because I, that became normal to me. And funnily enough, when I would occasionally go back to the United States and you had a woman at the Pokladna, or, you know, the checkout lady, asking me about, like, my weekend plans, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> who are you? We don't, why are you asking me these strange things? And that's very typical American. So as I started to see less of an idealized picture of Prague, I also became more accepting of the less idealized version of Prague, if that makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you you are basically a rising star in Czechia, right? Like you're quite a famous YouTuber because you're oh, talking funny. about... Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> well, you've got quite a lot of views and quite a lot of interesting inputs. And I think you've got certain amount of, yeah, sort of viewers and following that keep coming back to your videos. How did you think about that? You know, what? what how did that project um, come to your mind and... Uh, yeah. What, what do you actually do? Okay. So my another job that I had besides teaching English before I started YouTube was I helped um, American expats get visas and become uh, get on the Jivnostensky list, which is to become an independent contractor, which is how most English teachers work here. So I was familiar with the bureaucracy. And also my husband is very... He just, he loves figuring out these little bureaucratic things, and it's always a little bit of a victory. Every time we do something successfully, every time we get our cable installed, or we figure out where to buy this medicine we couldn't find, or, they're little tiny victories, and we've been compiling these little victories of expat life for a while. So my initial idea was to make videos for people who are new to Prague, or new to, or I'm sorry, or they wanted to move to Prague, and it would just be a collection of short videos like this is how you buy a long-term metro pass. This is how you write a CV that's appropriate for a Czech audience. This is how you, I don't know, buy a car or rent a car. So basically like a practical tips, practical tips and hints for foreigners who want to settle or who just want to come for like a year or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Exactly. So That's those, so those are the first of my videos. Thank you. Those are the first of my videos, and there's still some on there, like how to find a flat and things like that. I also started following a lot of other expat um, YouTubers in different countries, or I'm sorry, yeah, different countries, different cities, in Paris and Brussels and in and, and Germany, and, and they would do videos like, you know, things I miss about my country, or this, these are strange things Germans do. And I thought, oh, I've got a few of those. I've got a few things that are strange <laughs> about Czechs. I've got a few things that are strange about new Americans. Like, as someone who's been here for eight years at that point, I was looking at the new Americans thinking, oh, my gosh, you have so much to learn. So I did a couple funny mocking videos of both cultures. And somehow, like, in February of 2020, those videos just, like, really spiked. And I noticed that a lot of Czechs were watching them, which I just still kind of am baffled by because, like, why do they care what one American woman thinks about their culture? But for some reason, they really enjoy it. And so I realized, okay, there are probably 500 expats that are trying to move to, to Czechia. That's a pretty small audience. But if I have Czech people watching, maybe I can do more videos that they like. And a lot of foreigners watch it too. I think it's a little bit more interesting than the administrative, bureaucratic how-to videos. Right. So that's kind of the direction that I've gone. No, it is super entertaining. And basically, you've got audiences from both sides, right? So first, mm -hmm. it was actually aimed at expats and foreigners. And now you also have got lots of Czech viewers yeah. who actually want to find out, you know, how does an American, you know... How, how does an American see this or that, and how, what what the American perspective is? Right, right. Is that is that that's what Absolutely. I understood when watching your videos? Absolutely, you, you nailed so it. So it's a YouTube channel called Dream Prague. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. How mm -hmm. how did you think about that name? Because it's amazing. 
it's well, actually like <laughs> Prague is a dream, but yeah. um, well, I yeah. I bought the domain to Dream Prague maybe two years ago before I started the channel, um, and I've just had it sitting there. And every year when it comes to renew, I thought, should I do something with this? I don't know. But the concept was literally for Americans who want to live a dream life in Europe, and I was going to convince them that Prague was that place. <laughs> that's where okay. they would find their dream life. So that's why it's called Dream Prague. So you're actually doing quite a fair bit of advertising, and that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I've, I've uh, recently started, I think it was in August, I recently started some, some sponsors, and those are the ones, not the YouTube ads that run, but they're companies that thought that I was a good match and that those are the ones I talk about. And I'm actually pretty pretty lucky to have companies that I that I use and, and things that I really do recommend for, for who my audience is. So yeah, I've been I've been pretty lucky there. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And what is um when you think about the first challenges, because you've got this traveler's gene right like a wanderlust gene and mm -hmm. you were living in japan and you know you, you're familiar with with life abroad mm -hmm. but then you let's say your first year in prague with mm -hmm. your husband and of course you've got your husband on your on your side so it mm -hmm. was not it was not a single experience exactly. that you'd have to do everything on your own but then when you think about those biggest challenges could you describe those? Can you can you think back and think, wow, you know, like I wish I were somewhere else and this is terrible and, you know, what am I doing here in January when it's like minus 15 when I could mm. be, you know, like <laughs> sunbathing in California? <laughs> Perhaps, you know, if you thought about that for some time. Um, yes. Yeah? Um, sure, those were hard. The first winter, it was, I need to look up the statistics. I People said it was the coldest winter in like 30 years. It was 2012, and I was totally unprepared. I didn't even own a proper jacket. I just remember, I remember walking. We, we went to watch the Super Bowl. These are with some Americans that I'd met. We went to a bar to watch the American Super Bowl, which I didn't really care about, but it's just a fun American thing to do. And it's in the middle of the night because of the time difference. And I was walking home by myself, and I was so cold and so lost. And I remember it was in Zhishkov. And I remember thinking, if I don't find my flat, I could die out here. <laughs> like, I could really just freeze to death in a doorway. <laughs> and I mean, this is hyperbole. But as a Californian, I'd never been out in, like, just nothing but jeans and a sweater. In, I, it must have been, like, ugh, I don't even know. It was the coldest I'd ever experienced. So the cold was hard to get used to, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, other than that, I think, I think the hardest thing for me was just a totally new career of teaching, and it didn't feel like I could do anything else. I, I enjoyed it. I really, the, the thing I loved the most about teaching was the interaction with, this, with the Czech people, and I taught mostly adults. I loved that part, but for five years, or after five years, it did feel quite repetitive, and I have... You know, I'd trained to do other things, and I'd worked in law offices, and I just felt like, okay, I'm choosing this life abroad, and it is fascinating and wonderful in so many ways, but I, I don't see how I'm ever going to grow professionally. I don't know yes. how, you know, it, it's just, there are, there are some expats who come here and do other things, but I didn't see a path for me um, to get out of teaching or, you know, to do anything 
anything else. So that, that was the hardest part for me, I think. That was my yeah. one sort of like, have I made the right choice with this move? Yeah, I think that's what every expat and every foreigner who decides to relocate for whatever reason mm -hmm. has. And yes, at a certain point, you keep questioning, right? Was this the right thing? Yeah. And, you know, had I, be some, had I been somewhere else, you know, this wouldn't have been so hard. And mm -hmm. this is all new. And I don't know how, yeah, how I'm, I'm, I can grow, how I'm, how I'm growing. Exactly. But um, as an English teacher, and this is also something that I, I've known so many native English speakers mm -hmm. uh, all over the globe, and I used to live in the Middle East and mm -hmm. in Luxembourg, and I'm settled in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And there is this thing, you know, that uh, it is, it is, it's a great network, mm -hmm. but also it seems to me a little bit that English speakers or native English speakers can get around uh, with stuff, you know, with um, they can get away with stuff easier because everybody mm -hmm. wants to train and, and, you know, everybody wants to speak their English yes. and everybody wants to train their English. Sorry, mm -hmm. that's, that's what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And so they're not that much sort of pushed and forced to be learning a particular language or a vernacular or whatever <sighs> dialect so that is. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. It's a, t it's a terrible stereotype. And mm -hmm. I've known so many English speakers who've mastered... Um, you know, the, the language to very, very good level. Mm -hmm. But it seems to me that the locals, you know, they wouldn't really want them to. You know, everybody wants to speak. You know, can, you, can, I, can I practice my English with you? Like, Absolutely. Well, yeah. But then, you know, this person actually perhaps wants to learn that language mm -hmm. and you don't really, you're not even given a chance. And, you know, when I heard you in your videos, like your check is just, you know, it's brilliant. It's really perfect. That's um, very yeah, flattering. Have you come across <laughs> the stereotype? Have, have you come across that stereotype? And have you have you felt that way? That you know, had you been, let's say, in Czechia, had you been from Romania or Vietnam or Ukraine, you know, which is one of the, you know, mm -hmm. there are also certain expat communities or immigrant mm -hmm. communities, that you'd be treated a bit differently? Well, I think just this is hard. This is hard, right? But yeah. Just from my personal experience, I would. Um, I, would, I had a very rich social life with my students. I, I taught at a um, business English school, and pretty much every Friday night after class, we would all go to the pub or the beer garden or something, and my students were the ones that, that invited me and, and wanted me to come, and they were just really fun. They were my good friends, and then we would also do sort of weekends in the Kronoshe Mountains once a year where it would be English only, and... I just thought it was fun, but I was also like the English speaker. They weren't there to speak Czech. They even spoke English amongst themselves. They were really focused and dedicated. And so maybe if I asked them how to say something in Czech, they would tell me, but I, I didn't want to burden them with my need to learn Czech. So we just, yeah. we did it all in English. And it is very easy to be in this expat community, I would assume anywhere, but particularly in Prague, where if English teaching is your profession, your friends in that local, that local city, they are speaking to you in English. You might be very good, authentic, true friends, but you are friends with them at the start because you speak English and they want to learn English. And yeah. so it really... There, there is no need to learn Czech. It's awful. It's really awful. So the reason my, my husband and I were pretty good about 
taking classes, he a lot better than me in the first five years, learning the grammar, doing the textbooks, things like that. But part of my really jump-starting my Czech learning was this channel. I, I set a goal of doing one Czech video a month, and I've pretty much stuck to that. And the, the goal was not to sort of like, look at me, I speak Czech, because if you look at a year ago, I mean, I did like a cooking video with like terrible, terrible vocabulary and grammar. But the point was, I have to write a script, I have to go over it with a teacher to make sure that I'm not making just incomprehensible sentences. And then I would have to say it, and then I would have to edit it so I could hear myself making the mistakes. So that was like, it, that is the reason I make Czech videos. It's for my own learning. But I, if you don't have a job that requires you to speak Czech, it's almost impossible to learn it unless you are completely dedicated to it like it is your most important hobby. So people can live in a bubble here and that's, you know, that's fine. They can still have authentic friendships with Czech people, but it's not going to be in the Czech language unless they make a very big effort. That's just my experience. So do you also feel that sometimes in order to integrate a bit better or really, as you, as you were talking about the issue of friendships, mm -hmm. or like to have, to, to, to be closer to someone that you need at least a certain level of that local language because you will understand certain like cultural quirks or you know certain things in that language that you probably wouldn't be able to to understand only with English. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, lots of Czechs keep telling me like you have to know the language to understand why this is funny. And that's true in any language. I think Czechs somewhat think that that's somewhat unique yeah. to them, but it's true in every language. Um, so, of course, I mean, I went to a barbecue this summer with my good friend and also my, my language coach and her in, at her house, and she had Czech friends. And we, we do like 30 minutes English, 30 minutes Czech. So the whole party, we set an alarm, and the whole party switches to English or switches to Czech um, just to kind of make it fair for everybody. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. I should start that with my husband. Oh, what language does he speak? <laughs> what is his native language? He speaks Swiss German. Okay. Yeah. And, and that <laughs> no, and no. I mean, it was just a joke, but <laughs> it sounds like a great idea, though. I mean, but both parties need to master that language to a certain level, right? Right. And, you know, if you have someone at the party that, that doesn't speak the, the dominant language, you're kind of making it not a fun experience for them. But then... They feel yeah. much more included when, when, and then, you know, and then it gives me a real opportunity to actually hear, ch like, how Czechs speak to each other, not how they speak Czech to mm -hmm. me. So it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, th th you've got so many stories, I guess, to tell. But what about when, when you come, come back to, when you return to California and you meet some of your, let's say, old mates or mm -hmm. uh, people from your childhood? I don't know if you still have certain kind mm -hmm. of friendships that you, you know, mm -hmm. that you can keep overseas. I don't know how that works because that's also one of the challenges that life abroad brings along. Yes. A are they... You know, are they interested in this? Do they know that you're making these videos? Do they know that your your life is sub, sort of elsewhere, but you you know your heart still beats for the U.S. I could imagine. <laughs> How do they perceive you? Sure. How do they perceive that and your experience? Well, we've been lucky that good number of our friends have come out and visited us here, and I can I can say with almost certainty that 
we haven't had a single visitor who had been to Prague before. And our friends are, are our friends and family, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty worldly. They get out, they travel, they they come to Europe a lot and they've they'd never come to Prague. And so mm-hmm. a lot of them were very surprised at what they found. <laughs> my mother just kept my mother goes to France every year, every single year, Paris, the South France, to Italy. She came to Prague and she just couldn't stop saying how clean it was. She was like, I, I don't believe, like, the streets are so clean here. And it's not something I think. And I'm, I'm like, there's graffiti everywhere. But <laughs> for her, compared to France and to, to London, she just thought it was, like, sparkling clean. It was really funny. Well, your mom should so, come to Zurich. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yeah? I'm sure. Um, so, so our friends are pleasantly surprised. And um, a few of them have come more than once. They're living their own lives. I don't send them. I, I post my videos maybe on like Instagram or on Facebook, but it seems kind of odd. It's like, look what I do. Look what I'm doing. Like, I, my, we, don't, we don't show our work mm, yeah, to our yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but the ones that do see it appreciate it. And when we go home, I mean, mo- I think most everybody has come to see us. I think they're a little, they, they always say we're living the dream. My, my dad watched a video the other day and he said you really have this expat life thing figured out like he's kind of thinking like wow that you've chosen a very interesting life I think when we first came he thought it would be for a year and he said you're young go do it and then when we started talking about visas and citizenship and things like that he was like whoa <laughs> I didn't think you were going to stay this long wow and there you are right I mean nine years later um, yeah. basically mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of integrated, I would say fully integrated. <laughs> what are some of the quirks that, though, that you'd say, and I am Czech, so um, it would be also very interesting mm-hmm. for me, even though I live abroad, um, some, yeah. some, some peculiar things that you don't particularly like and that you'd say that could improve. Uh-huh. And I know that you were talking about this in one of your videos, um, what, what Czechs uh-huh. could actually learn from, from other nationalities. I know that we tend to be quite critical sure. and, you know, quite pessimistic about everything and, you know, every, complaining about stuff. And that's mm-hmm. a, sort of a national sport. <laughs> but, what, you know, how do you <laughs> see it from the outside perspective? Or, yeah, well, you're an insider, but still, yeah, you grew up somewhere else. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's funny because I wonder how long I can keep coming up with these differences for videos because I'm starting to just think, like, checks are totally normal. I'm going to lose <laughs> all my, my insights. <laughs> But they're also weird like everybody else. So, yeah. Yes. You know, and my my commenters bring this up, but like when you're from California, political correctness to us is not... um, A dirty word. It's not a... It's a a good thing. It's a good thing. And it is... um, It's like you can say nasty things... Or you can refrain from saying nasty things. That's how we look at political correctness. I know that it can be pushed to its limits. I totally get that. As an example, I just re- I remember I was teaching some excellent students. They were all in this business school, and there was the same 10 every week, and we would get together, and it was like the last class of the evening, and everyone was rowdy. And someone out loud just started speaking about gypsies, and in a, in a really pejorative manner. And I, my body just like, I went flush. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I was hot inside. I was 
my first thought was maybe there's a gypsy in this class and I'm not defending them. Like I had no idea. I had no, <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was, I was, I didn't know what to do or say. It was odd. And, and I've gotten more used to just kind of like realizing that we are more limited in California in what we say out of, I don't, I, I'm still coming to terms with this, mm -hmm. out of kindness, out of, out of fear. It's not as out blunt, of, right? It's not as blunt as it might be sometimes. It's not blunt, time. no. Mm -hmm. And I think the checks, as I'm seeing more and more in my comment section, they, they say that this is um, political correctness controlling what people are able to freely say. And there's a good, there's a good point to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking that into consideration, but that has been that has been hard for for me. I mean, I'll make little jibes or jokes in my in my videos about like feminism or about you know whatever. And I mean, the checks just jump down my throat about it. Oh and, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like p people, and I I'm able to sort of search the the person who commented and see what else they've said on my channel and they're very nice and they have wonderful things to say but then they will just like absolutely slaughter me over if I'm trying to be politically correct or something. Okay. So that's that's me getting to understand them a little bit better. It's not going to necessarily it might change me, I don't know. But 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 that's something that I'm like coming to terms with this year since I've started the channel. Mhm. Mm so that's, okay. that's something interesting. Well, I, I, yeah. I certainly can understand where that stems from. And I think that there is also mm -hmm. this um, general sort of uh, dislike for certain kind of authorities, right? That they will tell you what to yeah. do and then it would be policing, policing thought and policing language. And that's all bad, you know, like, yes, I mean, political correctness is mm -hmm. if it's if it's used to like if it's exaggerated and over exaggerated then it's a plague but it does have certain things you know and you need to be cautious when talking about certain things and yeah i mean i i can totally relate to this that sometimes it's a bit and perhaps my experience abroad also gives me a different perspective and say well you know you can't just jump into a conversation and just you know use certain right. words you know that are not that are not used anymore yes so Yes. No, but at the same time, then checks get very, very, and and this is something that is understandable. And you know, I also don't really like it. You know, when you say the term Eastern Europe, right? Like when you use that term Eastern Europe, yeah. it's a coin term, but it's actually quite incorrect, and it is politically incorrect yes. to, to you. I mean, geographically, politically, and historically, it's also quite incorrect. And then we all jump in and say, well, but it's not Eastern Europe, it's Central Europe, which it, which it is. But then I'm thinking, okay, well, then if we want to fight for people to change their perspective on this, then we also need to, you know, like hand on heart, we need to, we need to change certain things exactly. that we're using and we need oh. to get a bit more politically correct. And I'm not talking about, you know, you need to be referring to people with like, you know, made up pronouns. Sure. But exactly the thing that you were, you know, that you mentioned. This is this was the example I was going to use because I did make a, a joke about sort of the joke was I'm an ignorant American girl and I referred to Czechia as Eastern Europe and perhaps the joke didn't translate across languages but the Czechs absolutely slaughtered me in the comments and I had to <laughs> I had to tell them all like it was a joke sorry I didn't deliver it properly it was a joke 
But then when I, I was interviewing um, a Czech YouTuber, Michael Shopor, who lives in Los Angeles, and he was referring, he kept saying Indian, an Indian American, Indian American, and I'm picturing someone from India. And so then I said, oh, you mean a Native American? Yeah. Just for my own clarification, because in my mind I'm thinking, you know, someone from, from Delhi. And, and uh, he was actually referring to someone who's, who's from the United States originally. And people jumped on my throat for, like, trying to political correctify his statement. And, and my thought was, no, it's just for accuracy's sake, which is the same problem with saying that Czechia is in Eastern Europe. It's not accurate. Exactly. So... Ah, I mean, this is just all a, a funny conversation that's been going on for about a year now in my comment section. I but can I'm, imagine. I'm learning a lot from it. I yeah. can imagine that. And it's not really going away, right? You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's still there and it's very omnipresent, you know. Like, the topic of yeah, political correctness, absolutely. I think it's very, it's, it can get also quite a lot of flames and um, quite a lot mm -hmm. of hate. But, you know, haters absolutely. are going to hate. So. That's what one needs to deal with. But um, right. what are then some of these stereotypes that you'd hear about, you know, like what Czechs or what people, you know, they're not only Czechs living in Czechia, so the inhabitants mm -hmm. there, what do they have, um, you know, for a picture of an American? Because it is also very, very simplified, right? And especially right. for some, someone who is from California. So that's just right. stereotypes all... <laughs> Pure. Sure. Sure. Well, like I said, in the first several years, the checks that I was having any communication with were my students. And so they already spoke some English. They already had had some international experience. So that was a very different check than just a random person on the street in Ostrava, in, you know, in Brno. Mm -hmm. it, totally different. Then when I started making videos and I, I try to make sure that they're all subtitled in Czech as well, that's when I would get like people who would say, you're the only, it made right in Czech, you're the only American I think I've ever liked or something like this. And Aww. they probably don't know any Americans, but I think they're shocked. I think they're shocked that, that, that an American is, I don't know, like, not what their stereotype is, whatever that might be. So that's good. That's good. I'm obviously not the only person like that. I'm just maybe one of the few that's putting it on the internet. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, so, so it's hard for me to say what their stereotypes are because the, the initial checks I met, they probably had met other Americans before. So they, they, I didn't break any stereotypes for them. So they were only basically like from the media, from let's say the, 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 the film industry, and that would be their stereotypical image of what a typical American woman sort of thinks like sure. and what she looks like and this is what she does, right? And then now she ended up yeah. somewhere here in Europe and she thinks it's, it's all a fairy tale. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Although, you know, sometimes like I did a, I did a video about um, what my flat is like and you know, I, I love my flat and it's beautiful, but it's, it's old and I like it. It's charming that way, but I would show sort of things falling down in it or, you know, uneven floors or door handles that are left over from 1940 that fall off the wall. And the checks were like, that is not what our flats look like. 
you live in a dump. <laughs> it's like they're very concerned that I'm showing the rest of the world that my dumpy flat is what frog flats look like. And, and I just think like, no, no, this is just my flat. Like they're, they're very concerned that I portray them well. Um, and so I try to keep that in mind. So what yeah. kind of image you're presenting then to your viewers abroad and overseas, this is very, very, I mean, they want, I mean, your Czech viewers also want it to be the best, you know, like the best that you can present. But that's not, that's not what life is like, right? You know, there are crappy no, flats no. and yeah. there are uneven floors. Like, you know, it's, um, uh -huh. and they're not everywhere and they're beautiful houses and, and super penthouse flats, but. Yeah, and then there's also the commenters that are that say like great videos, but you're way too like sunshiny about our country. Like just tell it like it is. So everybody wants something a little different. Well, I mean, you just you just keep doing what you're doing, and that is great. And I mean, I would recommend <laughs> anyone then who or everyone who is listening um, to go to your YouTube channel to Dream Prague and just you know see for themselves. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. Christmas is coming, and yeah, it's a very special year. Um, mm. Traveling is very, very uncertain. Even me, mm. and I am, you know, like, I'm not complaining. I was actually, when I was speaking to a friend who relocated down to Australia uh, in the last mm -hmm. interview, I was sort of like, oh, you know, and I can't travel. And so I was thinking, oh, you know, like, man, I really need 10 hours to drive <laughs> to my family. Mm -hmm. She needs the whole day and a night and another day. And if an expensive all, ticket. You know, like mm -hmm. to really, and an expensive ticket and everything is uncertain. So, you know, I'm not complaining, not at all. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, are you feeling homesick? Is it, I know that you, you called Prague your second home or your home mm -hmm. and it's in your heart. But still, you know, it's family time and Thanksgiving and Christmas. What do you do usually when you're homesick and especially perhaps this year? Is mm -hmm. it a bit different? How do you cope with those feelings sometimes? Yes, it, it is. It is difficult. And I have a I have a new nephew, my godson who lives in Spain, and I can't see him either. And I, he's just growing up on, on Instagram in front of my eyes, and I can't be there. Um, that's really hard. And, and my parents, you know, they, um, my mother and stepfather are in Southern California, and my father and stepmother in Northern California. And they're really limited with what they can do, what they can see, who, who they can see, and, and I would like to be there for them, but I mean, we're all just kind of just sacrificing through this year and, and seeing, how, seeing how we can get through. Mm -hmm. um, in general, I'm, I'm not very homesick for Los Angeles. Interestingly, that's where I grew up and nobody is there anymore. My, my, my brothers are there, but I've not, a couple of my brothers are there, but the house that I grew up in is not there anymore and I haven't really spent much time there in maybe 15 years. So I, I'm, I miss, you know, the people, but I, I, I don't feel like that is the home that I, that, that I would go back to, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think, I think because we have so many friends that live all over the world, um, which we've met, we met in Japan and we met here. Um, home is kind of like, it's just everywhere. We just miss people everywhere. It's not a place that we miss. 
So we mm-hmm. just try to mm-hmm. keep in touch with them as much as we can and, and do our, our Zoom calls to, <laughs> to see the faces. And, and that really does make it easier. I mean, when we were in Japan, Skype was a very new thing. People didn't do video. We didn't have video conferencing. So, I mean, my parents still marvel at the, at the ability to just talk to their daughter in Europe <laughs> for free. <laughs> so right. communication is, when you're doing video chats with people, it's, it's pretty good compared to how it was 15, 20 years ago. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And is there anything th- th- that you do when you want to feel not to say to feel American because you are American, but yeah, mm-hmm. if there is Halloween and Thanksgiving or, you know, those typically American festivities that are not as, you know, it's celebrated, but it's celebrated differently or in a different way. Yeah. You know, how, how, do, how, does that, how does that feel or how do you cope with that? Or, you know, would you, yes. would you do something very, very specific for what, for what you'd be doing in the U.S.? Or do you get uh-huh. more in touch than with the U.S. community if you particularly want to have your American evening? <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, I mean, we just had an election and, and we were on um, a video chat with our friends for probably five hours through the night, um, sort of okay. watching, watching nothing happen on television for, <laughs> for the first night. But yeah, we, we did that together. Um, I do, we don't have children, so I, it's not that I miss, like, I, I don't miss... Halloween for their sakes, and I probably am not going to wear a costume, but I do wish that that, that was here. Um, the 4th of July, which is our Independence Day, is always a big celebration. Um, I've, I've gone over to, like, the embassy area, and they've had celebrations um, for that. I miss that. But, but Prague is very festive in the ways that, that we aren't in California. I mean, you just can't beat Christmas season in Prague. It's amazing. So in Los Angeles, you know, malls are decorated, but there's no public space with giant trees to the level that we have in Prague. So I don't, I don't miss the holidays in that way. And Mm -hmm. as far as feeling American, I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, I don't think that I, that I have that. I mean, do I miss some of the food? Sometimes we've got a, you know, we've got a, the candy store over here in Vinohrady where they ship in junk food from America. And sometimes I will go get some junk food just to feel it. <laughs> um, but, but no, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it means to be American. I mean, I just kind of think like it, it shaped my mentality, but it, it, that, I, that's part of me, I guess. So it's not like I miss that aspect. I took it with me, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely, yeah, it does. And it's definitely really interesting. And um, yeah, interesting to to hear from someone who's actually settled in the middle of Europe in a completely different setting. And I think also, as you, as you described in the very beginning, that you were speaking to some of your friends or some of your family who didn't really have much knowledge, or let's say they couldn't really picture mm-hmm. what Prague or like Czechia or that part of... Of, of Europe looks like because I think mm-hmm. Europe is very much connected especially overseas right like with you know like Paris London mm-hmm. and sunny Spain like that would be yes. that would be pretty much the the picture of Europe but exactly. then there is just so much more to it and there is perhaps something new and something um, unknown <laughs> to certain people and this is what you're doing with your with your videos right like you you're presenting it actually as it is and as you feel it from your experience Yes, there's definitely stereotypes 
about, quite honestly, anything east of the Iron Curtain. They're, they just exist. Now, for the younger generation, I don't know. But when I was in school, we were studying geography, and there was the west, and there was the east. And so from my parents' generation or my, my peer group, it's a little bit exotic, a little bit strange. They're not quite sure what they're going to find here. And I think they come here and they see a city on par with the greatest cities in Western Europe. And they're really just shocked by that. So I love blasting through stereotypes. That's kind of one of the, <laughs> the things I love doing on my channel. Absolutely. That's great. All right. Well, then I would say thanks for making time for you know talking to me about your truly interesting and international experience so it's not only Czechia I mean I would definitely love to hear more about Japan but perhaps in <laughs> some other episode I hope sure. it's not the last time that we're chatting to each other sure. because that is completely yeah that is completely amazing and um, unless you also have then something to say I would say thanks so much and yeah, talk to you next thank time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I ask you? Sure. You're, um, you, have, you have such a perfect Australian accent. Is that where you learned English? No, I've never been to Australia and I don't really, <laughs> I don't really think it's particularly Australian. I don't really know. I think it's from everywhere. Wow. So, I, so can you tell me, can you tell me where did you, where did you grow up? I grew up in Brno in oh. Czechia. Cool. And I actually went to um, uh, high school with like an international with international class, uh -huh. but we were taught both in Czech and English. But uh -huh. then I was in the UK. I was living uh -huh. in London for some time, but that's long, long time ago. And then I went to uh, Prague. I relocated to Prague, then to the Charles University for my studies. Uh -huh. And for the last nine and a half years, I've, I've been living in Switzerland. <laughs> Oh, wow. So my English is actually deteriorating a bit, no. you know, because I don't really speak to native speakers every day. And so my German is like, it's a predominant language that you would be using at home. Yes. And um, yeah, so my husband is, was German. Oh, <laughs> and wow. that's why, that's why, yeah, I've never been to Australia. I don't know how that, well, how that came. I think, I think I've got a very international mix of every, because I had like American teachers and sure. English teachers and South African teachers. Oh, that might be some of it. From all over the, <laughs> yes, from all over the place. So I think I just, but I've got to say that I also strain myself a bit more when I speak to a native speaker, uh -huh. because when I speak to a Swiss who, mm -hmm. or like, well, no, I'd speak German, but like, let's say I speak to a Dutch person who yes. is an expat here and doesn't really speak German, then I would sort of make certain mistakes and I even make like false friends mistakes. Oh. So no, your yeah. English is spectacular. And I did have to, to tell one of my guests a couple of weeks ago when she went to America, she thought her English was, you know, perfect English, which there is no such thing. Um, but people were telling her she had an accent and she was really insulted. And I said, no, 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 no. We love accents. We're fascinated. So please don't be, be insulted. I, I was thinking Australian, but now that I think about it, I have in-laws who are Australian who live in England for their whole lives. And that's, that's what it is. It's like Australian who's transplanted to England. That's <laughs> where I would place your accent. <laughs> Well, you definitely need to, yeah, listen to the interview I did with Sarah last week. She uh -huh. is Czech and she relocated to Australia and she's got a very, very nice Australian accent. Oh, it's, great. It's I will. I, I will. was amazed. Like you wouldn't really recognize she's not a native speaker. 
But she also did study in Scotland, but um, I but didn't really hard. hear much Scottish there. Yes, that is an accent I have a hard time understanding from native yeah, Scots. Yeah, I think everybody does. <laughs> <gasps> All right. Well, thank you for the lovely conversation. Well, thanks. Thank you so much. I, it's, it's been an honor to have you on this podcast. Uh, we're also growing, so we're getting to a bit more platforms uh, that we, you know, that people can find Xlander, and there are quite a lot of people who want to share their story as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's all growing, and we'll get interesting inputs from lots of other expats. Great. Good luck. So this was Jennifer, or also Jen, right, who is now in Prague, but originally comes from <laughs> California. <laughs> she does great stuff, uh, and she is a YouTuber, and you can find her on Dream Prague online. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It was lovely speaking with you. Thank you, Jennifer. Have a great time. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.